0: Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, and all that kinds of shit. Come and join Ozzy and myself. Visit osbornemediahouse.com to get special access to, to... Come on! What do you say? Do you think it's the wildest show on the internet? Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Welcome to season four of The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we discuss business agility through customer experience, employee experience, and digital transformation. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by TechSystems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to TechSystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at gregkillstrom.com and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile Brand Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about creating healthy work cultures that are intrinsically motivated to contribute and be great teammates. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Patrick Tui, president at Elite Performance E, and author of Forever Teammates. Patrick, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks, Greg. Great to be here. I look forward to talking with you and your audience.
1: Yeah, yeah, I really want to want to dive in here. But um, before we do, uh, why don't you give a little background on yourself and what you're currently doing at, at uh, Elite Performance 2E? Yeah,
0: so I work with clients across the country, both corporate and athletic teams. And my purpose is to help these various uh, clients of mine create a culture and environment around building and creating what I refer to as forever teammates and that there's intrinsic tenets and principles that I believe in some instances and in in many instances, for that matter, have gotten lost or we haven't paid enough attention to them and how powerful they are in building a passionate and purposeful workforce to bring not only the kind of results that we're looking for, but most importantly, a lot of joy to the experience. That's great. Well, yeah, let's, uh, let's
1: dive in here. So let's, let's start by talking about what it takes to create a healthy team and work culture. So first, how would you define that? You know, what, what is a healthy work culture?
0: So there's a few things. First of all, I believe that in any work culture, an employee has to feel like there's a potential if they're, if they're interested in pursuing it of personal development and career development that. The resources, the training, the education that's in the workforce is going to allow them to reach their full potential in that manner and that there's expertise and a lot of a lot of challenging them to be in discomfort and grow so that they can be the best that they can be in their craft. In line with that, there also has to be this environment and culture that produces selflessness, that produces appreciation, that it produces an understanding of of accepting others in their diversities and differences. It's a culture that is one where people are approachable, that they feel that they're in a place they can be trusted and that difficult conversations and hard, hard conversations can be made and that they feel as though it's a place that they love to come to. And so and those kinds of, you know, intrinsic cultural developments that are just important as the mastery in the craft and understanding competition and all the other things that go with it. Th- this element of intrinsic environmental tenets plays a, a key role, I believe.
1: And so, just for for the audience benefit, I've I've done quite a bit of work in intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation and stuff. But for those that may be a little less familiar, do you mind just kind of defining the, that difference and what that means?
0: Yeah, the extrinsic is a laser focus on outcomes, and those outcomes usually mean that we're focusing on technical development, uh, development and expertise, and in, in development and executing the skills development in the in the knowledge of whatever product service you're bringing to the market that you, you want to be the best you can be at those things and so those are so truly bringing profit bringing yeah. uh, individual results the intrinsic side is more about i always say there's three basic needs that every human being desires and they are appreciation love and a sense of belonging and intrinsically what can we do to foster and build on those three basic needs, trust, love, compassion, empathy, kindness, things of that nature, so their spirit develop their heart and soul type experiences that bring an internal connection to the experience, which I personally know from my own experience and the work that I do and the results that I find from it bring a lot of joy and passion to what people are doing. Yeah. That's great. Thanks for thanks for doing that. And so to kind of follow on that, talking
1: about healthy work culture, talking about healthy teams, what do they focus on? You know, so there's there's always going to be a need for high-level clients, big sales, like all, all of those things. Like those those are going to be some of those extrinsic measures of success. But, you know, wh- what do healthy teams really focus on in order to achieve some of those goals?
0: So I do believe that what they focus on, and what I know many of the clients I work on focus on is what is our intentional commitment to make sure that we have employees who are our most valuable resource, who are our most valuable commodity, and that what we're implementing and what we're teaching and what we're building and what we're developing is with a focus on how are they experiencing their work environment and the work that they do. Are we paying enough attention to being in their shoes and truly understanding? And not everything is, is, is going to be a yes vote in respect to what they would love to see, but what kind of time are we really spending getting to know them so that we can pull back from that and say, what things can we implement, teach, develop, and make sure are in place based on these very personal sometimes, and also sometimes just really what would be a motivational environment, that if we had these things that we're going to keep the most talented, happy, joyful employees. And if we're not paying attention to talking to them in that manner, I mean, I'm, I mean, really sitting down and intentionally having those discussions so we can draw some conclusions and build a roadmap around what that looks like. We're gonna lose our most talented people. And and you know, there's things happening right now in the environment are pushing us leaders and corporations in that direction, whether it be because of COVID and remote work environments, people taking a whole, whole nother look at what happiness means to them in their life in relation to their career and what they're communicating that have become things that were always fearful to be talked about in the past. Because if I really talked about things that meant that for my own mental health and my own personal health and my own replenishment and renewing so I can be the best I could be, if it wasn't about going full bore, if it wasn't about strictly learning and becoming experts and, and honing our craft, we were afraid that we would be looked at as someone who's lazy or you're not really interested in the success of this company. And so maybe we shouldn't have you at all. And, you know, what a backwards way, what a fearful way to look at what does it take to get our best people to keep them? And to perform at a high quality, because these things, if we develop them, they are going to be very high performers and bring great results. It, there's evidence to that. And, and, and it's really, I'm just so happy that we're being forced as leaders and corporations to have to take on a whole nother element of what does it take? What does the environment need to look like for us to really flourish, grow? and outdo the competition. It's uncomfortable, it's discomforting. There's a lot of people that really don't have a very good understanding of how to go about that or begin to tap into that, and so it's causing them to have to go through a lot of personal growth. So a lot of discomfort around it, but man, I'm excited about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and so how do you you kind of touch on this but How do you find that right balance between, you know, it's, it's not that extrinsic motivations don't work, you know, like pay and perks and stuff like that. It's just sometimes, you know, they work to an extent and perhaps have diminishing returns the more you give and, and things like that. You know, how do you find the right, the right balance between those more intrinsic motivations and, and the extrinsic stuff that again, really sometimes just costs more money, but doesn't give a better return?
0: It's a great question. And I don't know that there's a real specific answer to what what the right balance is. However, what I will say is, I tell all of my clients that, and it depends on the client. So those that are squeamish or uncertain about this kind of commitment and taking the time to build it, develop it, and so on, I, I tell them you should at least be willing to be open to Committing 10% of what you do in respect to uh, building the environment that are specific to intrinsic development and how you go about doing that are, you know, can be done in several different ways, but at least 10%. And then I have clients who just, I call them, you know, transformational leaders who are so in tune with this and, and have such a strong belief in it. That you know, they're willing to take up to thirty percent of their time to implement training, development, events, things of that nature to build this kind of intrinsic environment. So it really does depend on who you're talking to and what the overall corporate attitude is around intrinsic. Because here's the here's the reason why, Greg. Very quickly, and, and, you know, it's shifting, it's moving, it's already beginning to happen, but. We, we have a long way to go. I mean, we're moving out of an industrial age mindset where outcomes was only the important thing. Right. Do your job. Do it well. Get to your cubicle. Don't talk to anybody. Don't say anything to anybody. Get your job done. Do it really well. Get really good at it. Give us the numbers we're looking for and go home and, and then get ready to do that the next day and then go home and get ready to do that the next day. Right. And you got a whole bunch of people who are working to get their bills paid, but do they really enjoy what they're doing? Well, the, the, long, the younger generation that's coming into the market today is demanding that it has to be more than that.
1: Well, yeah. And I, I like the idea that you're talking about it in terms of an investment, even if it's a matter of... Um, time versus dollars. So, you know, not necessarily the dollars that go into that, that fancy rock climbing wall or or whatever gets installed in the, in the headquarters when everyone's working hybrid and remote now, but um, (laughs) you know, instead it's a, it's an, it's, but it's still an investment and thinking of it that way means that yes, X amount of my time needs to be spent towards these things that, you know, it, it can be a bit abstract to talk about you know some of these things, but some of them can be, you know, can be very tangible, right?
0: There's no doubt about it. And you know, I challenge any leader out there to really, really try to sit down with your employees and hear from them. But it has to be a place where they feel safe to do so, so that there's non judgment. There's there's really empathetic listening occurring. One of the highest qualities of a great leader leader is empathetic listening, and and so I'll tell you what I hear, Greg, is I'm burnt out. Seems more like a burden than it does fun. Yeah, there's excitement in the goal. There's excitement in reaching the numbers. It's fleeting. Doesn't happen very long. And it's all about what's next. You know, what, what can you do for me next? And, you know, I think that's a pretty sad way to have to go through your career. Yeah. yeah and, for- and, and so, you know, I encourage leaders to really hear them. I mean, not everything has to be agreed upon and not everything is accurate, but filter through it, filter through it and and, and walk away from it and say, you know, here's the thing. If love's the most powerful emotion known to humankind, I don't know. I think it would be worth delving into how do we create an environment where our people love to be here? Yeah. Because if they love to be here, they're going to want to be here more. I mean, I yeah. I, I don't know. Why we're not taking more of a look at that and saying it's worth the investment because the return, it'll blow any money you're putting toward the investment, any expense related to it by tenfold in what you gain in productivity, in enthusiasm, in creativity, in invention, in everything else. Because when you're feeling drained and dragged and burdened, you close yourself off to what might be possible or what you're not seeing because you're so focused on just getting through it. I love your point that it isn't always measurable, it isn't always tangible. And I wish there I, you know I wish that we could somehow attach that because we had that environment that great idea just came to the surface. Right? right. But it but it does. So important. So important, Greg.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we're going through what many are calling the great resignation. And, you know, a lot of a lot of the points you you already brought up, I think, are probably resonate with a lot of employees and, and team members out there. What's, you know, from from where you said and, and what what you've experienced with your clients, what is driving this, this, you know, what we're calling the great resignation and, and what can be done to
0: to help fix it? We're not paying attention. So here's what I hear and this is not a solution. People today just don't understand what hard work is and what needs to be done in order to to earn any kind of potential for promotion, any kind of potential for having a say. They just they just want it all without having to do any work and they're lazy and they whine and they're all these things. Okay, let's say that's true. Then what's next? What 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 do we have to do? to address that, to resolve it. Because holding a position that I wish it was like it used to be when people knew what work meant is not going to get you anywhere. Right. Good point. So let's talk to them. Let's find out and let's pay attention because we're not paying attention enough and our people are leaving. And we're blaming it on because they don't like to work. They don't like to earn. They don't like to have to earn their pay by working. I mean, that's that's one of the many statements I hear. Okay. And so, you know, it's it's as simple as that is there there's we have to find out why they're not staying. And then we have to look at what we need to change in order to make sure we address that. And and that's the process you need to go through. There's some very tangible, identifiable things right now that there if you're not a leader that has some grasp on what those are in order to keep people And keep good people, then your head's in the sand because there's some very easy things you can do in the environment you set up to attract employees and to attract good talent. But it has to go deeper than that. It has to go further than that. And 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 it really is about you know what interesting, right, Greg? And I see it not only in the athletic world, but I see it in the corporate world. And and it's it's a challenge, but yeah. how do we how do we communicate what what does communication look like how good are we at it how good are we at it at all levels are we really communicating or do we just go on with our day and do our thing and you know every you know we obviously have an overview a bigger picture you know we're, right. we're 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 learning the industry we're in we're learning how we can differentiate ourselves we're we're learning how we can have a competitive edge i get all those things i do but overall what kind of communication system do we have in place so we know our people yeah. Hi. can i share just a quick story oh yeah sure so this is back in 1985 and i was a College graduate, my first job, I was up on the fourth floor in the training center. And it just so happened to be that the CEO's office was on the same floor. And there were 12 of us, 12 of us that were hired in that training every single day. And I mean, every single day in the morning. He would come into the training set. He didn't need to do this. He would come into the training session and give each of us, deliver to each of us a cup of coffee Hmm. and sit down and ask us what we thought about the company, what we thought about the people that we've met so far, what we thought about the environment overall. And I'm sitting there saying, you know, this is a guy that makes millions of dollars right? and he's sitting to down with me as an entry level trainee, asking me these questions. and, you know, in hindsight, the reason why not many people left that company and they were so successful was because he set the standard. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. And you're, you're still, you know, you're talking about it now. You know what I mean? Like so many years later, it's, it impacts you, right? Yeah. No doubt.
0: No doubt. Love that man. I loved him. I loved that man. Cool. And I wanted to work so hard for them. I wanted to work so hard for them. But I loved coming to work every day. I just did, and, and it and it was the catalyst for me to advance my career. That's how important it was. That's great.
1: Well, um, one one last question before we wrap up here. Uh, you know, as a fellow author, I always like to ask about a little bit about the process of writing. So, in your in writing your book, um, create forever teammates. What did you? learn through the writing process? Um, what might you do differently? You know, what what talk a little bit about the experience of doing that.
0: So I was a little unprepared for, well, I was a lot unprepared uh, for all of the things that I would experience around the challenge of writing a book. And And what I mean by that is, you know, the writer's block, the right. fear, the fear that came in of could I really write something that was of any value? Who would really want to read it? Questioning, was I doing enough research and things of this nature? And so it created a lot of anxious moments for me. And so although I, I believe it's a very powerful book and very well done, if I may say so myself, I, I really would have loved to enjoy the process better, Greg. Yeah, yeah. It was like when it was done, I felt a great relief and I really would have, in my next book, really would pay more attention to keeping it in the moment, keeping it in the day, understanding all of these challenges that come with it are normal and natural, and that I could be more connected to the little the little successes and celebrations that were going on along the way is the biggest part. And I'm actually really excited about the next book, because I know that the experience will be a lot different than I had with this book yeah, around right. around learning those lessons.
1: No, I mean, I, I can empathize having done a few. I will say the first one, I had no idea what I was doing. And I was, you know, figuring it out as I went. And the second one, I started, to your point, I, I started realizing that there was a process, you know, as I'm a, I'm a very, as the name of this podcast would suggest, a very agile iterative kind of person. But I, um, you know, I started creating a process for myself. And then by the third book, I had a process and I have a process now in which I can be very efficient in doing it. But it's, I, I chalk it up in my experience, at least of, I just had no idea. I i wanted to do it because it, it, it sounded like an interesting, or it seemed like an interesting thing to do. But you know, I, 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 created a process based on having, you know, the second time I created a process based on having none the first time, but, but yeah, no, that's, that's, that's interesting
0: to hear. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm very, I'm very proud to have done it.
1: Yeah, that's great. Well, yeah, no. Um, and Patrick, uh, thanks so much for, for joining um, for those listening. What's the best way for people to keep up with what you and uh, what you're doing?
0: So I have a, a web page, uh, a website. It's Elite Performance TUI, and the TUI is T-O-O hyphen E, ElitePerformanceTUI.com is what my my website. On that website is the avail- availability to purchase the book. You can also contact me if you're interested in hiring me on to do and offer any of my workshops and sessions that I offer for building Forever Teammates. You can also, on the website, uh, get access to the other book outlets in which to uh, get access to the book. You can also go to my Facebook page, which is Elite Performance TUI. And if you wanted other outlets in which to buy the book, if you Googled Create Forever Teammates, it will pull up all of the other book outlets that have it uh, and available to anyone who wants to purchase the book.
1: Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Patrick Tui, president at Elite Performance Tui, and author of Create Forever Teammates for joining the show. Thanks for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom. Talk to you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.theagilebrand.show. To get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, visit my website at gregkillstrom.com. Until
0: next week, stay agile.